class, settle down, settle down for another class here at the Umbrella Pod Academy. Uh, we are going to be talking about the seven stages here. Of course, I'm talking about the seven wonderful stages around the world, such as the Globe Theater, etc. As this is a drama oh, class, boy. I'm Alex. All right, Teach, let's hear about your acting stories. You clearly want to talk about your time treading the boards. And I'm the bad kid in the back, so you know I'm going to eventually become a famous actor. I'm Justin. (laughs) I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about Umbrella Academy, the seven stages. And we are getting to the end of the road here on season two. Finally. Oh, man. Ugh. What? Blech. Alex, no. Blech. Alex, come on, dude. Yeah, I'm kidding. I love this season. I think it's great. <laughs> me too. I got to say, this season has really been ramping up for me. I have loved, been loving this. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm also having a great time. Well, good podcast, everybody. Talk to you next time. All right. We uh, did so, it. as usual, spoiler warning, we're not going to talk about everything that happened in the episode. We're going to do broad strokes recap and then jump into specific notes, things that we liked, plot lines. Um, but everything, as we mentioned just now, is really starting to come together here, specifically, as usual, around Vanya. We've been wondering what kicked off the apocalypse this time. Turns out, according to this episode, once again, it was Vanya. But this time, it's not totally her fault. Uh, it also wasn't her fault, mind you, last time. They caused her to blow up the moon. Uh, but this time, FBI. she's being tortured by a bunch of American uh, agents, FBI agents, I believe. Uh, and uh, they basically drive her to use her white violin powers. But at the same time, she gets a bit of catharsis with her memory due to some LSD they give her that bring back all of her memories. She now remembers everything from her time before the 1960s, her time in the 1960s. Everything starts to come back to her and it's kind of too much. Uh, Meanwhile, everybody is converging. Uh, Diego finds out that Vanya is the one that is causing the apocalypse uh, because he is in the commission. Lila has brought him in kind of against the handler's witches, but he wanders yeah. around, mm-hmm. finds a resistance inside the commission. Uh, and Wait, is it called La the commission? Resistance. Did yeah. I? Oh, okay. I suddenly doubted myself for some reason. Uh, so... Never. <laughs> He finds out information about her, goes and tells everybody else in his family, specifically Allison and Klaus, uh, and they head off to stop Vanya by the end of the episode or try to help her or something. Uh, But meanwhile, Klaus and Ben come to a little bit of an understanding, which is nice to see. Allison and Ray freak out because they got a dead body in their house, but don't worry, Klaus helps them out with it. Uh, Luther and Five are palling around, and they go through a very fun storyline as Five realizes that old five, who is actually a younger version of five, is actually in Dallas younger, at that moment. Older. And that's the point that he jumped through in season one and eventually became younger. So they head there to get a time travel suitcase from him. Uh, things go very badly thanks to a whole paradox thing that makes them itch and fart uncontrollably and go insane. Uh, Luther, I think I have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I think there's another me running around because I'm itchy and farty. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, Luther gets caught in the middle. Take he doesn't shower. know which five to go with, uh, which is also a very, very fun. Uh, so that's kind of the broad strokes overview. Uh, let's talk about the five Luther stuff first, since we kind of ended up there. This storyline is great. Like, this plays to all of the strengths of time travel and time travel weirdness. It plays on the thing that we've been talking about all season of 
Luther getting deleted being like super large and dumb and hilarious and just torn between these two guys who are the same guy. And I just had so much fun watching it. Yeah, I agree. Luther, like big doofy Luther is so funny. Like it's crazy to imagine that they had that they didn't do this before this season. And like it is just the most fun execution. I love the storyline, him in the middle, five like losing it. Uh, We get that fun little like info card of five listing all the different symptoms that he has when he's in the same um, same timeline as his double. Like this is great. And it's also it's fun to see five off his game um, because he's he blows it here. He doesn't know he's being uh, sort of played out or double crossed by the younger version of himself. Uh, I really love this. Yeah, this is this is really cool. Like the Luther moments are so great, especially when like number five is like lays down his plan. And it's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And then like Luther or number five walks away. And then Luther, you just see a shot of his face as he's kind of dealing with everything <laughs> that is happening. And then he's like, come on. And Luther's like, oh, right, right. And then I love like in the bar where uh, Luther's like, all right, listen, let me smooth things over first. Okay. I'll talk to number five before you just, you know, cause he'll spaz out. So his big plan is like, Hey, don't freak out. <laughs> Don't freak out. Yeah. Yeah, that was just hysterical. And then the casual bathroom conversation that really kind of helped really get things going. It was so funny that it was just kind of just like a classic, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. And just like kind of general talking in the bathroom that kind of was really funny. But for me, like the real hero here was the little guy that we've seen uh, uh, before who leads the resistance. Herb. He helps he helps Diego and then kind of uh, uh, gets things kind of going in the right direction, it feels like, finally. Well, hold on. Before we get to Diego, let's still talk about the five stuff a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to mention that, and I, we may have said this before, this is without any behind-the-scenes information, but the stuff that they're doing with Luther to me feels like it's the sort of thing where they cast a guy who kind of looks like Captain America for the first season, put him as the upright hero, then realized that the actor was actually funny and doofy and we're able to lean into that with the scripts. And I, if that is true, I love when that happens. I love when they're like, oh, we got to adjust this part to actually work for the person we know versus forcing through the character that we want it to be. And even beyond that, in season one, it was like, what if Captain America realized that his life was wasted? Mm-hmm. And once you do that, like that's a fun, that's an interesting story. But once you do that and you still have to tell more story featuring that character, like this is such a great pivot to make him the sort of drifter, like loose dude who's just like, what do we need to do? Oh, I'll go talk to him. No problem. And he's like, oh, boy. Like, very <laughs> the funny. other thing that's nice about this is this is not directly out of the comics, but if I remember correctly, the second storyline was Dallas 1963 and was about five yeah. going back to assassinate JFK. So they got there at a completely different place, but that we do get there is a nice, it's not exactly an Easter egg for comic book fans, but it's certainly something that touches on, Oh, okay. You use this for an inspiration, but you are actually using the thing from the comics as well, which was fun to see. Yeah. I also really like, like 
Luther and number five together, like the way they bounce things off each other is really fun. I love the part where, you know, Luther's talking number five and number five is like, I don't trust him. Luther's like, but he's you exactly. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I know. And it was just like, uh, well, that gets back to the time travel thing, which I think is so clever in the way that they script it. The fact that, Old Five is physically older, but actually younger. So Young Five has more experience than Old Five. So it feels like I could pull one over on my younger self. But to Luther's point, they're both exactly the same. And they both don't know what they're doing. And they're both going crazy because of this paradox madness. Uh, So he is stuck in the middle, being pulled between them. And then essentially Jedi mind tricking him with every single sentence. And how about the fact that, like, I wasn't ready because I thought it was like, all right, we're going to I'm at this place here in Dallas. And I was expecting to see a young five. But then I was like, oh, that's right. It's still old guy five. And that was kind of like a fun reveal uh, to see five as aged up instead of the normal age down. Pete, who do you trust, old five or young five? Well, what's interesting is old five is like, no, that's not me. It's a mutant doppelganger. Which that would yeah. be insane, but also if it was true, it would make more sense why number five is being so cold to his family because that drives me nuts about number five. Well, no, I think what uh, old five is actually young five and doesn't know that young five is actually an older version of five. So he's not a mutant doppelganger. He's just uh, an older, younger version of himself. You know, that, that you know, old So thing. you're not buying the mutant doppelganger thing at all? No, I think that's just um, an older, younger take on um, a younger, older person. <laughs> yeah, when you th- when you do say it like that, that is something a younger, older version of something the, who is actually younger would say. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about Diego since you wanted to talk about that next, Pete. Uh, so we have a bunch of fun stuff that goes on the commission here. Uh, first of all, we do find out that Lila brought him in not on the Handler's Witches, but because she wants to keep him alive. Uh, but then Pete, cute. You had- Very cute. She just wants it's her adorable. boyfriend to be hanging out. Yes, Pete. But the, the Handler... Cold as ice says your vagina needs glasses. Ouch. That is a, so that can is we talk about fired. this? Because I know you guys are more experienced than I am. Uh, I know they have teeth down there. Do they have eyes as well? <laughs> uh, the, yes. The uh, that's why um, there's a lot of careers in vaginal optometry if you're looking <laughs> to make a change. Hmm. The key is getting glasses that stay on and don't slip off. I, I think, though, that the... You <laughs> got a little something uh, second nose down there, Pete. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I just think that it's like, it's a fun kind of like take on, you know, beer goggles type of situation where he's not that good looking. Yeah. No, I mean, I think they, uh, the handler has raised Lila to be like a sociopathic killer, someone that she can just manipulate and use. And she actually fell in love with Diego, I think. And what we're learning is that she's going to just in a very childlike way, try to make this relationship work the only way she can by bringing Diego, who she's like, well, you're good at throwing knives, which is useful Mm -hmm. to me. Come in, join the group, and we can hang out together. And I think it's very sweet. I think it is adorable. I mean, the kiss that she gives him when she sits him down at the brainwashing or the kind of... uh, The training video. Training, yeah, yeah. Thing I thought it was real. I I I I'm pulling for uh, Lila and Diego uh, uh, now. But at the end of the episode, she's very mad that he left uh, without finishing yeah, the training. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. 
the I just wanted to mention the trading video. Very fun cartoon briefcase. Just oh enjoyable. yeah, the orientation video was hysterical. And Pete, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a huge uh, thing in here, a huge I guess Easter egg that I think I thought would really light you up. What are you talking about? A donut. <laughs> Did you see the donut? <laughs> I didn't see the donut. There's a donut. I thought it was a real callback to Donut Lady um, and Hazel. The Where was there a donut? What do you, what? Just down the I screen. I missed it. <laughs> Wait, what where? are you talking about? There's a, a donut there a in donut? the training video. There's like, you know, they were walking through. I thought, and I, it was a, the same donut as uh, Donut Lady in the donut shop. Oh, man. I, I'm glad Donut Lady got a shout out. I miss her. Uh, I do like, to Pete's point earlier, Herb. I like the resistance. I think that's fun. We don't really Herb. know a lot about the commission at this point, other than the handler and Lila and the very scant things we've seen. So it's fun to see this world and fleshed out a little bit more through Diego wandering through it. Um, so that is cool. Uh, let's talk. One, yeah. one other question, though, um, on the Diego Lila tip. He, Diego actually now seems like he doesn't care about Lila. He's like Aww. focused on his stuff. He doesn't he like he leaves based on her wishes and goes and does like Umbrella Academy stuff. Do you think he's been um sort of burned by her too much and doesn't have feelings anymore? I I think he's in a tough spot and he doesn't want to get hurt again, so maybe he's quick to kind of get out of there. But I think if he uh sits down with his feelings a little bit, he'll realize he does love her. I I think he has a hero complex, right? Like we talked about Luther a little bit being the Captain America. If anything, he is the Batman of the group and he's the one that has to save the day. He has to, it's his sole responsibility. So when he sees that it's Vanya who causes the apocalypse once again, he has no choice but to head off and take care of that. Um, it is good though that he doesn't do it alone, but actually gets Allison and Klaus beforehand, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Uh, what do we want to talk about next? Vanya, uh, her whole flashback yeah. sequences. I thought these were great as well. I loved seeing them use the adults in the kids' uniforms, having Hargreaves yeah. yelling at Vanya. Yeah. The eating the brains was disturbing oh. in exactly the right way. Really? Uh, but it, I mean, it worked. They, it, that's, there's nothing creepier, and you know Indiana Jones pre- proved that, like, Eating brains is kind of the creepiest thing you can do. And I thought it was like a fun choice in this kind of LSD flashback. And, you know, kids, if you're listening at home, the government wants you to do LSD. So give it a whirl. See what happens. You know what I mean? Another great message from Papa Pete. Uh, this is, I didn't get to tell you guys this, but I was uh, going into the stats for this podcast a little bit and we, 90% of the people who listen to our podcast are grades K through three. Oh, great. So smart. Thanks smart. Pete. Yeah, thanks, no problem. That's thanks what for I'm here keeping for. them. Lit I mean, I mean, and that, the, 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 those brains are a full meal. It's not just an appetizer. Mm-hmm. That was like a yeah. solid amount. And how that, would you cook that? What would you season a brain with? Because, you know, it's going to be pretty – it's sort of like a monkfish consistency, I think. Mm. Yeah, I would put a little hot sauce on that. You know what I mean? Hot uh, sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah, I yeah. guess that could work. Just or just rub it down with a little olive oil, salt, and pepper. Mm. Cook oh, yeah. it for like I, 20 minutes at 450. Yeah, boy, I would boil it first and uh, put it under the broiler uh, to really crisp up the top. Get the cerebellum really popping. I can't wait to hear what our chef's take is on this, or our very own chef, Stray Bullet. Uh, But I do think this show has been 
kicking so much ass with the music montage. Yes. And when she drops LSD and the butthole surfers start playing, I lost. I was like, this is hysterical. When, that was such a fun choice. I agree. I was going to mention that as well. When that when she first, when that sequence first started and you hear like the intro little bit of music, I was like, oh, shit, is this butthole surfers pepper? And then it was. And it was <laughs> great. Yep. Uh, great sequences. Uh, I also really liked, I thought this was a very interesting thing uh, at the beginning when they're interrogating her and they're yelling at her in Russian. She yells back and she says, oh, I don't oh, know. Don't fall for that. What was going yeah. on? It seems pretty clear to me, if you were to draw a line without them overstating it, that Vanya was probably the baby that we see way back at the beginning of season one who was born in Russia in that swimming pool, right? I think so. And oh, it would wow. make sense that she's sort of that sort of main baby character because she's such a focus of the show. Um, but I did – you really – I think in that scene, it's like, ah, Vanya, that's the worst thing you could do right now. And then in this this whole rest of the episode, it's like, ah, Vanya, ah. It's like your friend who can't help but fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that friend will go nameless for, for right now in my, in our li- <laughs> in my life. Um, but I do think that was oh, – <laughs> That was – uh, that that was the story. And the other side of it is you see no. as she's freaking out at the end, Harlan, yeah, Harlan. is uh, really feeling it as well. And I don't know what this means. Mm. Well, I wonder if it's like something to do with the fact that, uh, you know, starting next season, you know, I don't know. I, but I think it is – it's very interesting to see because it's like Harlan did – like the flashbacks between them was very interesting. And then they got similar and similar to each other. But then I'm like, if they're kind of the same person, then did she save herself at the lake? Like what was going on at the lake then? Um, well, I think, I think this is obviously I've watched ahead, but without even getting into spoilers or anything like that, like you mentioned, Pete, she saved Harlan's life. We saw there was a little bit of energy or something that went from yeah. her into oh, him. Right. transference. So, yeah. So there is some connection there. Uh, potentially, we'll find out what's going on with that connection uh, as so we wrap coy. up season two. Uh, yeah, very coy here. Uh, but that that's where I think you could intuit that comes from at this point. What it means going forward, we don't necessarily know, but that's where it comes from. Yes, I, I agree uh, with that. I, I just It's such an interesting thing to be happening mm-hmm. because I really can't predict how it will play out. It feels like such a contained story having Vanya freak out and uh, cause the the world to slip into war. And to have just this kid also going through it over there, I don't know how they relate. So I'm excited. That's all to say. I'm excited to see how it will play out. Speaking of freaking out, I really liked uh, Ray kind of playing catch up to all the madness that is happening in this episode. And like, it's fun to see someone who's not used to all the family dynamic and all the kind of madness having like people zap in and out and, you know, raise like, how many brothers do you have? What is going on? We have a dead person here. Like, uh, uh, very interesting. Also, I really like the fact of like, we got to see the other brother who killed, or I guess, I guess they're brothers. Yeah. The other Swede, like about to cut off his arm. And then the cat, of course, you got to listen to your fucking cats, people, because they know what's up. The cat tips him off that he's been, uh, duped. That was not a real canister. So that was, and, you know, moments away from cutting your arm off. You really, if you're listening at home, don't cut off your arm. Think about it a little bit. Yeah, do the research. <laughs> One, yeah. take a lot of LSD. Two, don't cut off your arm. 
of your own. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think those two pieces of advice are related. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, uh, yes, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to maybe say the same thing. Like, the incorporating the Swede back into the action, the Swedes have really been through it this season, and they're not good people, it seems like. Um, so yep. the fact that they're still being problematic, I, I think I agree with you, Pete, when I say just way better than Hazel and Cha-Cha, and it's great to see mm-hmm. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. I was hoping we could go a whole fucking episode. We didn't bring that shit up, but you had to ruin it. I just think they're incorporated better into the plot. Hazel and Cha-Cha Ooh. were two characters last season that felt like they had their own their plot. Gifts. And then it just sort of wasn't much of a separate plot. It's and then like just... I always say, the Swedes are sweet, but Hazel and Cha-Cha are Hazel and nah No, stop it. First off, Hazel's still important. <laughs> they quoted Hazel in this episode. They're like, Hazel was right. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess he is important. They said his name once. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk real briefly about... Um, uh, Hargreaves, um, it, we, in a couple episodes back, Diego um, talked to um, Har- their mother, the, their actual mother, not a robot. Um, and now there's a split between Hargreaves and the wife, which I think is maybe why he's such an asshole. He's definitely much softer in that scene than we have ever seen him be before. Ever seen. Which is kind of fascinating. Uh, also, he's not necessarily denying that he is involved in some sort of plot to take down JFK. He definitely has math uh, maps of the parade route, so there's certainly something going on there. Um, but I like this. I like continuing to follow the storyline with Mom and bring her back into the show in some way. I think they found a good way of doing it. Um, what do you think, Pete? Well, I, I, I am glad that we're getting a little bit, you know, and I also want to see more Pogo, but like, it's very interesting to see how this family is going to come together. Um, well, and, and I'm I think, excited for more reps. Well, I, and I think this is just a pure speculation, but it, it does give a reason for Hargreaves to be so mean to the kids. Like we saw that he loves Pogo and he was like enjoying being a father to Pogo. And then we know for a fact that Hargreaves is not nice to any of the Umbrella Academy kids. And maybe that's because he knows that when they grow up, they're going to fuck up his marriage. <laughs> and so he's becomes a jerk to them. There's no excuse for someone to be a dick to their kids, man. All right. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that's a, a rationale for why he's such a monster. Speaking as a parent, I agree with you that generally speaking, there's no excuse for being a dick to your kids. But time travel is a very good excuse. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you're, you're, you're going to be burned by your kids eventually, right? I definitely think so. I've encountered them several times, and each time they're assholes. I wanted. To, there was this moment where Allison is talking to Ray, and um, there is this thing of like, "Yeah, this is all insane. Everything that you're seeing is insane." And she was like, "You should be able to have a nervous breakdown, but there's no time." And there's this pause, and I was like, "Oh my god, is she gonna rumor him so that he will be cool with everything?" And I thought that it was a great kind of moment where there was that pause where you were like, oh, my God, maybe she's going to use her powers. But then she doesn't, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Uh, before we start to wrap up here, any other bits from the episode that you guys want to call out? I feel like we've covered quite a bit. Uh, we did do a good job of covering so much. But one thing good for us. cover. Good for us. Uh, this is the uh, the back padding circle um, at the end of every podcast. Didn't cover? The one thing we didn't cover is Klaus's absolute takedown of the Baldwin brothers um, when oh, he says yeah, he was, felt like he yeah. just had sex with one of the lesser Baldwins 
Wow. And obviously the power rankings of the Baldwin brothers are constantly shifting. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Also, I'm glad this episode. They also go very steeply downhill from number one. Like the gap between number one and number two at any given moment, very large. Let me offer this. Maybe the number one is actually a lower number. (laughs) Ooh, interesting. Uh, One thing I'm glad that they were were addressing in this episode. Wait, real quick, sorry, there's one last thing on the Baldwin brothers. Let's just on the count of three say our number one Baldwin brother, okay? Okay. Ready? Um, One, two, three. Billy. Billy. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wait, what did you say, Pete? I didn't hear you. I, I I don't know Stephen. I don't know Stephen Baldwin's very well. Stephen's the worst <laughs> answer. What's your favorite is that movie? Baldwin. Don't say Sliver. Is the Sliver is Sliver your favorite movie? No. <laughs> Do I, you're gonna make me Google the Baldwins. Wise man see all their fools rush. <laughs> oh I'm God. seeing the UB40 version from Sliver. By the way, Pete. Honestly, I didn't know movie. what you – I couldn't even tell if you were singing or what was happening for the first few seconds of that song. <laughs> I thought you were having some sort of mental Just breakdown. a bunch of horrible nonsense happening. Uh, let's wrap up here. <laughs> let's talk about who got top marks this episode. Pete, in your book, in your great – Wait, wait. Art, you guys did this lovely Baldwin bit. I was trying to say I'm glad that they talked about uh, the you know the elevator scene where kind of everything was happening. Uh, you know, it's hard to get out of an elevator in time, and I'm glad that they were kind of dealing with that in, in such a fun way with all the different uh, lighting moves. Um, now, when you say elevator scene, you mean the elevator scene from Sliver, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, I love that you want to take a second and be like, elevators aren't as easy to get off as you might think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially True. FBI elevators. A, so it's really hard to get that's out again, of. again. That's a message for the kids. Watch out for those elevators. <laughs> top marks this episode. Pete, who got top marks? Herb. Herb definitely got top <laughs> marks. He's been mm-hmm. a character that was kind of revealed uh, to be leading the resistance. So I'm excited for, I feel like Herb can lead us to victory. Mm. Justin, what about you? You know I got to give it up for Luther. Um, yeah, he, uh, it's where we started the podcast. It's where we're going to end it. Um, I think he's a super fun character. Everything we said before, such a fun surprise this season. Uh, I can't wait for his sitcom spinoff. <laughs> I got to give it up for five in all of his Forbes this episode. Wow. So much fun. Young five, old young five, young old five. Just great. Just such a good bit across the board. And both the actors are so much fun. They rocked it, and you guys are going to rock it if you support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the Umbrella Academy, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Do subscribe and listen to the show at podcast. No, that's not right. At Podcademy. <laughs> Twitter, at podcast. Instagram, Great get. podcast. Look for podcast. On social media, you find podcast uh, at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, keep studying, students. And I can't <laughs> help falling in love with you. <laughs> <laughs>